It's um, like I don't, you know, it's one of those things where I don't think it'll be like I can wear it. It looks weird on me, but I'll wear it the odd Why time. Does it look weird on you? Well, that's not sort of, well, first of all, I got my headphones on. Yeah. But it, uh, when Fred was working with it yesterday while he was adjusting it and putting it on his head, on his sweet head, I sat next to his beautiful wife and I said, that's a Fred hat. And we and she agreed. You mean the actual way there's the yeah, shape you, of the well, head? You, well, you see him. This is the type of hat when you go to the trailer and Fred comes to greet you, this is the type of hat he wears. It, it fits him. Yeah, this is what I was Dan, this is what I'm trying to say. Nothing looks good on me. Oh, please. It doesn't. That looks good on you. Things look adequate on me. Things look okay. Nothing looks good. Okay, well, the listen, you know, you can deal with that in your next therapy session, but Dan <laughs> Dan and I both think that that not only suits you, but it looks good on you. You look cool. And for you really? people who can't see, it says, well, it says Wrexham AFC. Fred and I support Wrexham because we're bandwagon jumpers. You know, it's funny that when, when we told uh, Romanuk about that, he said, oh, don't break your ankle jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, screw it. I don't care. Huh. You know, my position on that. I do know sports. your position. In sports, there's no such thing as a bandwagon. What have you done for me lately is sports. Thank you. Beginning, middle and end. So Fred and I love uh, Wrexham, and uh, that's that's all. I can't wait for season two. And uh, one day, I know you will definitely do it. We'll, we'll get to England and go to a Wrexham game. So you're uh, saying you know, you're saying that there's no big deal from like if you, you just follow the winning team in sports and not stay loyal to your uh, whatever Leafs or something like that. Is that what you're saying? No, I mean, you can even be a Leaf fan, right? Be casual, and then if they're doing really well, get all excited and put on their paraphernalia and, you know, whatever. And people would say, oh, you're jumping on the bandwagon. Say on that level, yep, they're playing well, so yeah, I'm interested. When they're playing shit, I'm not. Okay, shoot me. Or this Wrexham thing. It's like, okay, I wasn't really into into soccer, but I saw the, the documentary, and it... Uh, you know, it really interested in me. So, yeah, I jumped on that bandwagon. So, okay. You know what I mean? It's no, like, but I know what Dan's saying is, uh, you know, <laughs> will you change loyalties depending on if a team is winning or not? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Know. Like, but, but, but in this particular case, you know, it's a worldwide phenomenon. And I knew that uh, Freddie would want, want this hat. And I got a hat because I thought, well, there might be an opportunity for me to be just walking down the street, rocking my Wrexham AFC hat. And people go, hey, that guy's cool. Let me give you an example of jumping on the bandwagon and it being nothing but wonderful and cool and neat. The 2019 Raptors winning the NBA championship. Yes, exactly. My daughter, my wife, my mother-in-law, everybody I knew was totally into it during that run. And I bet you Delise hasn't watched a, a Raptor game since. Everybody jumped on the bandwagon. Why wouldn't they? It was Toronto. It was the NBA. They had a chance to win the championship. So, of course, you get into it, even as a casual observer of yes, the yes, sport. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, it was yeah. great. Yeah, but as how, far as how is there anything wrong with that? 
I, I don't have a problem with well, it. Dan, but Dan doesn't have a problem. He's just asking the questions. He's being yeah, a, asking the questions. He's the devil's yeah. advocate. Hard-hitting. He's, Hard-hitting. he's a news. Listen, he's a, he's a TV yeah. and Hollywood movie and news anchor. He's, exactly. Like in the religion of sports, when you, when you uh, are, you know, tied to one team, your loyalties are to the Leafs. But if you were the type of guy that every year it looked like this team was going to win the Stanley Cup... Was is there anything well, wrong with yeah, like but Dan, jumping you're just, on that? You're, 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 you're just asking. May I, friend? You're just asking extreme examples. <laughs> it's not like it, this happens. It's not like a yearly somebody is jumping on whatever bandwagon comes along. And by the way, when's the last time you saw a bandwagon? I don't see them around. I've, there hasn't been one in my neighborhood this season. But, Dan, there's an element of that every year. Say you're a Leaf fan, they're eliminated. Guys that are really into hockey and wanting to watch the playoffs mm. in their entirety might pick a team and say, well, my team's out. Ah, I hope Vegas wins or I hope so-and-so wins. So there's an element of that that's every a great, year. Uh, that's a great point because after I've been, have I told you about this show, Quarterbacks, that I've been watching? Or Quarterback? So I got through episode four last night into episode five because I wanted to see what happened. But I will tell you this. If the Buffalo Bills... Who is who are the team I'm supporting now? Right. If they got eliminated, and it was the Kansas City Chiefs or Kirk Cousins and whatever team he's going to be playing for, I think he's uh, probably still be at Minnesota. Okay. But I would cheer for those guys because I've gotten a, a chance to know them through this series, and I would jump on that bandwagon. You know what bandwagon we need to jump on, Dan? The start the show bandwagon. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And, and, I, and once we start the show, I have a question for you, Dan Duran, host of Dan Duran Do-It-Yourself Show on the Road. Oh, by the way, we have, uh, Fred and I have done some, uh, we were in the writer's room just before the show started, and we have uh, come up with some brilliant um, ideas for Dan's DIY show, Dan yes. It Yourself. Dan It Yourself. Yeah, Dan so It stand Yourself, up. yeah. There we go. Okay. All right. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool, and from a table next to a balcony. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, Outkit Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now, here are two men who are thinking of helping out Nav Canada by becoming air traffic controllers because they know how to run air conditioners. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you. Thank you, Dane Duran. Uh, yesterday, we explored the option of Dan hosting a do-it-yourself show, uh, eponymously called Dan It Yourself. And this morning when we found out Dan's doing a reno at somebody's house and staying there, and then he's leaving that location today, yes, and going yep. to another location, renovating their place in uh, Stratford where he's been doing some work, and staying there as well. So here's our pitch. Go, Fred. Well, our pitch is Dan, he renovates your home, but he has to stay there. Part of the deal is he gets to stay there overnight, and you can't be there. That's right. And the... And the different thing about this show is it's not only him renovating, it's all the weird things he does in your home when you're not. <laughs> That's there. right. Yeah. That would be so right. cool. What's Dan going to do this? So week, during right? the day, he's like renovating your bathroom and he's putting up stucco right. and doing kind of things and then wiring things. And then at night, he's trying on your clothes, going through your closet, <laughs> eating your, through food. your underwear drawer, <laughs> in, inviting hookers over. That's right. It's just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, Mayhem. Uh, 
It's, it's just <laughs> chaos. And the great thing is he never has to have a place to live because he's Dan on the he's ding yeah. danning it. He's danning it himself. Dan it yeah. yourself yeah. tonight. That's, Tell me that can't be on one of those channels, you know. It can be. I'm not going to tell you it can't be. It, I mean, that's gold. At the very least, it should be on 5-1 or whatever they call that thing where they just run anything. Mm-hmm. Dan it yourself. Dan, do a okay. pilot. All right. <laughs> I just have this idea. Dan looking for some food at the end of the day and then just tasting things and putting it back in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> in another episode, Dan just licks everything. <laughs> just fucking throws on their computer on their computers, trying to get into their bank account. <laughs> That's right, Dan trying to hack into their personal information. Yeah. <laughs> Dan it yourself. The Pattersons think they're getting a new bathroom, but what they're really getting is a new car, which Dan's fucking ordering online and shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, look Dan it yourself. Look at their search history. Right. Love that. Love the concept. It's a winner. Do it. And you, and you can just see the opening montage. You know, there's some Dan yeah. hammering and sawing and then cut to Dan dancing and shit. <laughs> he's dancing in their in their clothing. He's got fucking he's got friends over. He's got a party going on. Three people in the bathtub, stuff like that. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh Daniel. It's just it's so much. It's so rich, this bit. Dan? Do you have, like, a scenario? Give us one. Me? Yeah. I think we've just reviewed all the scenarios. Oh, we have. But do you have any things like, oh, uh, your scenario here's another thing I could do. I could, In the writer's I could, room, what would you right, say? I could, here's what I want to do. I could fix yeah. the bathroom sink and then order Uber Eats for everyone in the building. <laughs> mm. I want to put a pool in the backyard. I want a bandwagon to pull up in front. All right, Dan. All right. All right. Oh, I love the idea. Yeah, it's something else. Um, yeah, speaking of things like that, like bandwagon, like bandwagon jumpers and phrases that seem to just have been around forever. Here's a phrase that I was contemplating the other day, and I wanted to mm-hmm. run it by you, too. I'm, I'm not really worried about so much where it came from, but it's a phrase that's been around our whole lives, and the phrase is... Uh, in, in reference to, say, you don't date somebody at work. Right. What do you say? What do you, what's the phrase people use? You don't shit where you eat. You don't shit where you eat. And yeah. I thought, to, I actually tweeted this the other day, but I thought it was kind of funny. I'm like, don't, there's one of those things. You don't shit where you eat <laughs> was instantly understood and universally accepted. When right. that phrase was created, say, back in cave days, like the Perfect. cave people were like, you know, shit where you eat. And I thought, speaking of Dan Duran, was there one Dan Duran type guy going, well, wait a second. <laughs> was there anybody minute. in the discussion group of do you don't shit where you eat that actually that had another opinion? Well, I like this before we. Let's, what kind you know, of distance are you talking? Yeah, like, I listen, I like the convenience. <laughs> you know, and everyone's like, hey, Long guys. You're outside 10 feet, you're okay. <laughs> That's right. A bunch of cave people got together and went, okay, listen, uh, there's been a lot of talk lately about all the shit near the dining room table or whatever we eat on. I think we should adopt this don't shit where you eat policy. And one guy was like, but, you know, uh, Sometimes my, sometimes I find it hard to get up after dinner, so I like to, I like to shit right, there. Go right here, just right here. 
yeah. don't have to leave it there. We could take it out. But, but. I, I, I do believe that was one of those phrases. It had to be universally accepted. All in oh, favor, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd think that there are many different languages would have the same kind of saying. Yeah. In all the different cultures of the world, it'd be mm-hmm. the same thing. Now, Fred was right, but man, that's why I knew he would get it. You, anyone would get that. That's what it, what it refers to is don't date at work or don't date somebody close to your circle or whatever. Mm-hmm. But initially, it did mean, hey, let's, let's, let's not start pooping right here at the campfire because it's bad business. No. It's Rooney, and look at Lor, 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 Loris made a beautiful fucking dinner. Now everyone's shitting everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think it came in. You said the dining room table. I'm just thinking of a big slab of rock and two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the Flintstones. Oh, your mind runs wild, Howard. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. When you introduce these concepts, so yeah. there you go. You don't shit where you oh. eat. Dan, have you ever shat where you ate? No. No. Never. Not yeah, once no, dated somebody at work. Yeah, yeah, you're mischaracterizing the kind of thing. I'm not going to challenge that one. That's not no, one. No, no, I meant, have you ever dated somebody at work? Oh, that's what you're talking about. No, I know. Of course you haven't shit where you eat. <laughs> I've gone, <laughs> I've about. gone back to the uh, metaphor now. Oh, right. Okay. I forgot. I, yeah, I didn't follow. I'm just slow sometimes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I have. Yeah. No. You have. Oh, I have. Yeah. Oh, early in my career. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. Early in the career. Yeah. 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 And then got wise to, you know, a few radio stations in, decided, yeah, that's, you know, shouldn't do that. Well, because when, when it goes sour, you still have to work with that person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's no good. Even if it's just a quick thing and you go, oh, yeah. you know, then you still have to go back to work. Um, yeah. Two thoughts on that. The first one, I, I would pose this question. Have you ever shit while you're eating? I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's for sure you have is this you still have a metaphor or? no we're going <laughs> oh yeah the upset yeah. stomach yeah. Saying you think we'll go back to the cave people <laughs> well, okay no shitting where you're eating but if you have an upset stomach and have to shit while you eat fred <laughs> then, of, of course it's an accident like you're sitting yeah, there thinking it's not yeah. going to happen and maybe you're eating like a bubble chicken or something and it's a bit greasy and you eat it and you're like oh geez oh and then you know Something like that happens. Um. <laughs> That's right. Early on in the system, the cave people are like, oh, Fred, come on, man. He was like, I know of my stomach. This doesn't count as shitting. <laughs> That's Wait, right. This doesn't count. If it happens while you're eating, it shouldn't count. And everyone's um, like, oh, Fred. Now Fred has to invent a bucket to go get some water uh-huh. and a shovel. He has to invent a shovel to scoop it out. Exactly. Take it away. And then um, Howard back. Again, talking about shitting where you eat and, you know, dating at work and the the people that can be affected by it. I think we've told the story a few times over the years of our early days at the mix and finding out that the co-host they forced upon (laughs) us was the girlfriend of the program director. Yeah. And it was like, ah, what? <laughs> they, they, they're, they're forcing this girl on us, and like, she's in the room, like she, she's running the place. And then we find out it's the girlfriend of the PD, and we were bamboozled. If, if I may oh, use yeah. that, we were bamboozled. We were both bam and boozled. We had the so tandem. Then when we're in complaining about her, the guy's yeah. sitting there, yeah. you know, with that, uh, us at the time, unwittingly or not really knowing. The depth of that relationship. So we're saying, you know, she's, we got to get her out of there. Yeah, we can't have her in the room. <laughs> and it's his girlfriend. Yeah. 
So that guy was like taking on massive shits where he eats. Oh yeah. Oh my, he couldn't he, he couldn't stop shitting where he was eating. Right. See? That's why he would have been kicked out of the tribe. Um, all right, Dan, uh, what else do I have for you? Uh, well, here's the thing. We should get right to this. Yeah. Have we started the show? Yeah, we did the intro. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. What was I doing? Air um, conditioners, air traffic controllers. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a thing, by the way, there are traffic controllers. There's a shortage of them, and that's, that's whole. Oh, is that where that came from? Yeah. Good Apparently, they, during, during uh, COVID, they, they stopped training... Uh, Air traffic controller. One of my good buddies. Uh, well, it's his girlfriend. She's uh, probably late twenties, and she just went through. You were because Fred said, "Who'd want that job to be an air traffic controller?" She loves it. Well, I think I was going to say that uh, on the heels of my opening statement was it. I think it's a special breed. It's a uh, it's a special kind of person. Yeah, right? she's she a super, handle that. She's a yeah. smart. She's really smart, and she's very very good under pressure. She was a high level uh, collegiate um, athlete, and it just no aviation background. And the training, because they've, they've moved here from London, so I've sort of been keeping up with the training process. It's arduous, and it takes a couple of years. And now she, London? England or London, Ontario? London, Ontario. He's a, he, oh, they were university golfers. He's a guy I know from okay. the golf world. But I've been kind of keeping up like the progress of this young lady, and it's amazing. The money they make and the, the pressure they're under and the training they get, it's pretty cool, actually. Um, it's a great career if you can handle it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's got a high degree of burnout because there's a lot of uh, mm-hmm. a lot of pressure to it. We have to stay focused all the time. You can't really let your mind wander. No, and that's why their shifts are so short. Like, they are only on certain, like, there's there's different. There's tower, there's region. Like, you're not, you're, the, the people that are bringing the planes for the last three three miles that you see at Pearson, that's just one section of a bunch of people that are handling the plane as it comes into the area yeah dan uh what you just said i mean keeping you know your concentration again you got to be a, a, a you know a certain kind of person to have that discipline i often think that about i mean just you know major league umpires right not so much the guy behind the plate because the ball's coming at you but you know those guys on first and third You've got to be watching all the time because you are the guy that has to call, you know, did was that a check swing or did he swing through? Just think if you if you just start daydreaming for a sec, right? And miss something like that. The pressure that's put upon you or you could literally lose your job over that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for 9 innings you have to be concentrating on exact what's happening on the field i couldn't do it i'd be looking up at somebody in the crowd or watching somebody eat their hot dog no no i agree oh, I'd, be say, I'd be boring i was gonna say that i'd be sitting there going this is so fucking boring i'm standing here at first base i would think if i was i've often saw the first and third base or the those line uh, judges and then the guy in the midfield thinking are those guys like they want to be the umpire they want to be the guy behind home plate do they switch yeah they do oh okay they go around like during a series, right? One night you're behind the plate, then you're oh, okay. First, so you're not always okay. the guy in the cool jacket oh, no. behind the plate, okay? No, but I'm just thinking, you know, it's the playoffs or something, and you daydream for a second, and a ball is scorched down the line, and you missed whether it was fair or foul. <laughs> like Jesus Christ! And, you, and really, you, you, I, I can't really recall incidents of that happening but my god it's not a, it wouldn't be a job for this fella what about the coaches what about the first base coach and the third base coach there's some boring ass jobs like yeah. seriously 
Mm-hmm. What are you doing? I mean, you talk to the guy when he's on base, and then third base guy waves you home. What if yeah. that doesn't happen in a game? You got all no, dressed up happen. for nothing. But what if it does? What if it does? But what um, if it does? So uh, we're going to do a little uh, commercial here, or I'm sorry, a sponsor-supported message, and then we're going to introduce you all to, uh, well, I guess just the beginning. Just the beginning of Humble and Fred AI, Dan. Oh, and Dan Duran as well. Uh-oh. Yeah, you're going to see this. It'll be great for Dan to see this for the first time. Freddie and I have been watching it since both of us woke up. And we'll explain in a second. But first, here's a, uh, an important message about this type of thing. Well, the uh, tomorrow, uh, the Open, the British Open begins in uh, Liverpool, I believe, Howard. Open set. Championship. Open Championship. The early line is out. Uh, Rory, Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler, co-favorites at plus 750. Third... Uh, quite a uh, distance back is uh, John Rahm at plus fourteen hundred. We'll uh, you know keep your eye on that. Uh, as I said to Howard, um, who would your favorite be? And you pick those two guys. Well, I am uh, you know a golf a golf prognosticator of some uh, renown. Hey, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bow Dog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry leading odds, world class sportsbook and feature rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Uh, that's Bow Dog, and yes, you can wager on the Open. What, what'd you say again? What else? Well, we, when you, we, we were kids, we, called it, we called it the British Open. It was called that yeah. forever, and. and yes. It, because it's not just Britain, it includes the continental. It doesn't matter. They call it the Open Championship. Here's what I call it. Unearthing value. If you're looking to unearth some value, we recommend AaronVentures.com. Uh, now uh, trading under Boron One Holdings. And what they're holding is some rights to uh, a big mining op in, uh, in Europe, in uh, Serbia, I believe. There's only a few places where you can get this out of the ground. Where it is, what do you use boron for? What don't you use it for? Look at your phone. Part of that is boron. Look around you. Boron is everywhere, and it could be a great growth opportunity for you. The company's objective is to increase its mineral reserves by developing properties and through the acquisition of different mining projects. Let me tell you, they're on their way to getting boron out of the ground, and it will make a difference in your life, perhaps. Make sure your Sherpa checks it out at AaronVentures.com. I'm sitting here in the uh, studio that we built. Uh, almost seven years ago, we uh, started moving stuff in here. We started in September of 20, whatever, seven years ago. What was that? 2016, I guess. 16, yeah. And uh, on the wall are some stills. What do you call them, Dan? Slides? Or they're from a cartoon? What are those? Cells? Cells, Yeah. That Rich Toons uh, did. He was he would take uh, audio from the show and then he would animate it, uh, and it was very funny. He was took literally sort of an air check from us, and he would put it to uh, Phil and Eileen and me and Fred and all these different characters. It was really something, and 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 some of the early ones were just amazing. And then the inevitable happened. Dan Duran, I'm going to share my screen with you here. Uh, let me get to it. Um, can, wait till you see this. Because um, <laughs> the characters are just hilarious. Uh, I apparently look like Woody Allen. But uh, 
That's not the point of it. You guys, can you see that, Dan? Yeah. Let me make it full screen for you. And then if you're uh, watching this on Facebook, you don't have to. You can go and just click on it. I've already put it on our Facebook page. So, And, and, and if you watch it on Facebook, share it if you can. You know, because uh, Rich, Rich of Rich Tunes, who developed this, um, you know. You put, a, you put some work into it. Although, put some work into it. Share it so people can see it. Yeah. So, uh, I'll tell you what, Dan. I'll play it first, and then we'll talk about how he did it. All right? Would you like that? Yeah, sure. Oh, sorry. I just burped. Hang on a second. Here we go. All right. All right, Dan. And this was, uh, this isn't actually audio from our show, as I described the way he used to do it. This is just, he took, just watch it first and then we'll explain how he did it. All right. Ready? Okay. I think we're recording now. Yep. It looks like we are. Okay. Well, good morning. This is AI Humble and Fred. The most uploaded virtual podcast in the country. So today on the show, we're going to hear from virtual Lumbee, virtual Tony Clement, and the virtual Sherpa. Freddie. Freddie P. How's my little virtual co-host up there in Trailertopia? Good morning, Howie. Yeah. <laughs> Everything up here is fine and good, except for all the no-good shitting Canada geese and the boat-chewing otters. Oh, yeah. Uh, and don't forget those blood-sucking black flies. But other than nature itself being my mortal enemy, I'm doing just dandy. And how about you, Dan Daruni, you massive, musky, manly man? Are you enjoying being a deeply voiced AI persona? I'm doing rather well, gentlemen. And I have to say, my wang may be virtual, but it's still bigger than both of you. I'll confirm that, Howie. The other night we were all drinking by the lake, and when Dan turned around to grab his beer, he knocked all the logs off the campfire. Well, boys... Remember, what happens in the uninhibited wilderness of the trailer park stays there. Now, let's get this show started. I need to be finished by 9 sharp to make my tea off time. I've been known to play a little golf now and then. But Howie, Howie, you're forgetting something. You're virtual now. You don't play golf. Freddie, um, I could be dead for 20 years, and I'll still be playing golf. There you okay. go. <laughs> I think we're recording now. How? Here, yep. Hang on. It looks like it again. <laughs> well, Dan Duran, what are, what's your first reaction? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's just fascinating to watch. All of that. Just the caricatures of all three of us. So, wow. yeah. So he said, I used uh, photos of all three of you to generate the Pixar style avatars of yourselves. Uh, it's quite quite a long explanation. You know that we don't like reading. But uh, uh, then he, I'm sure Dan would find this interesting. I'm going to send this to you. Okay. So he's a lot of steps involved, obviously. Yeah, yeah but he, uh, you know, but he said it happened in an, about an hour that he did this. Really? Yes, yeah. Dan. I'm going to send an it to you hour. right now. An hour, yeah. Wow. So you can see all the steps that Rich went through. Yeah, he said it was... Uh, yeah, not as difficult as you might think. I mean, hey, when you know what you're doing, but... Right. He said, if I spent a little more time, I could finesse the images and the cadence of Howard's voice a little bit better. Although, if you haven't seen it and you're not, you're just listening to this on the podcast, before you see it, I look like Woody Allen, for sure. Freddie looks like, I think, the most like yourself, although it's more of a... You seem a bit bigger. And, and Dan looks like... The least like Dan, but sounds the most like Dan. He says, I used photos of all three of you to generate Pixar-style avatars of yourself to star in the video. So the thing is, it wasn't so much him creating our images. It was the process creating those images. Right. 
so that process views me like that and you like you and which is interesting too he said i use something called 11 labs to train the ai to simulate your voices none of what you say in this video is recorded from your show unlike what he used to do which by the way just go right. look at that too go look at some of the stuff that he did just google rich tunes humble and friend I did use excerpts from today's podcast to train the AI, the AI how to sound like you when it read the scripts I wrote. Oh, he wrote the scripts, but you guys never actually said anything you hear in this video. Oh, I get it. Okay, good. Well, I'll tell you what, dude. When I saw this, when Freddie and I were, I, before we saw each other uh, at, at the beginning of the day, we were both watching this, and it's it's something else. Oh, man, when I first run man i was pissing my pants it was like as opposed to as opposed to shitting shit where you I, eat I was, <laughs> yeah. I, I was pissing where i work you mm-hmm. pissed in your own pants not the first time <laughs> i was though it was uh yeah it's something else it's something. Daniel. it is yeah yeah it's, it's entertaining really this whole whole AI thing so entertaining to all of us right now because it's so fascinating that it's happening but 10 years well, down the road, it's going to be we'll have a bigger. By the way, Dan, I did listen to that uh, New York Times uh, podcast you shared. Rudra shared it as well about the world of, you know, just why artists and entertainers and human beings in general are worried about having AI scrape. That's the phrase they use, scrape away images and information and just spit it out as their own. You know, in, in our case, we could in our case we could care less. Go ahead and go ahead and replicate us, please. Less for us to do. Listen, just from this aspect, you don't like somebody, and we've seen it already through some of those political commercials that were AI'd and mm-hmm. untrue. Somebody could dislike you. And get you saying a bunch of stuff and just put it out there. Now the onus is on you to disprove it, to prove that you didn't say that. That isn't you. Mm. I mean, that's just wafting into a, such a dangerous territory. I mean, it really is. But, but there, so there, there's so many tentacles to this. But yeah. but just put that one aside for a second. The mm-hmm. artists, like the back to this podcast, you should listen to it. It's just interesting and funny, interesting. But let's say you write. <laughs> let's say you write something. Oh yeah, what is it? If you write something, yeah, yeah. Let's say it was Canadian Thinker, and you kept doing. Let's say you'd continue mm-hmm. to do Canadian Thinker. These are your thoughts mm-hmm. and opinions, mm-hmm. and then AI could just basically say, "Write me something in the style of Fred Patterson," mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, scraping all these ideas and opinions and phrases that you use. That was the thing that got me in the interview. Like this woman that had been researching this. A lot of the things that she had been saying in articles that were available online were now being regurgitated as though you wrote it. Mm -hmm. And I really like I didn't really understand that until I listened to it, that uh, our an artist, not us, but real artists, um, intellectual property, their creative property can be repurposed without their knowledge and that's why by the way i'll just finish by saying that sarah silverman is suing them because she's not because they've replicated her and her style without her permission well you think this thing it's almost got to be choked off at the beginning like again that's why i admire what the actors and the writers are you know and that's a big issue for them you got to stop it now you know before 
It's like, this could be like a runaway train. It's uh, it's just frightening to think where it could go. I mean, it's like the Internet basically itself, a wonderful tool that has been abused to the point where half the time you don't know if what you're reading is true or not. Shitty position to be in, but that's yeah. where we're at. Um, You know, and someone like Dan, <clears throat> who makes his living being a movie and a television anchorman. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, there's so much odd video of you doing that job. And I'm being serious. Yeah. For a second. And then I'm <laughs> being serious for a second. And then before you go, I have something that I think will just uh, will make you both laugh. Um, <laughs> but it would be unfair of somebody if you had signed some uh, release to basically just put you in a project without you authorizing that to be in there. I mean, or maybe if you did release it, but you don't, you, they wouldn't need you anymore. Yeah. That, that's, you know, and where, where does the law come down on that? Do I, do I, I mean, I don't know if I'd have the resources to, to battle that out if they did model some, but, guy after but to me. Fred's point, like to Fred's point, they, they need to figure it out now mm-hmm. because yeah. we, we all oh, thought yeah. this was going to take a while. It's not going to take a while. It's a now it's now happening. Well, look at what we're doing this morning with us. I mean, again, this was right. I mean, he's a very talented man, but he, in an hour, he sat at his house and did that. So if it's, if it's a major uh, movie studio and the resources they have and the time and the equipment, what can they do to cut people out of a paycheck? Yeah. It's no good. Like, it's, it, no, it's no good. And again, as I said the other day, the short-sightedness of it. You know, I was reading this thing a couple of weeks ago about unions and, you know, there might be a comeback and all this stuff with unions based on what's going on in the world with pensions and blah, blah, blah. You know, there was and not in our lifetime, the attitude of, you know, companies and maybe corporations that a happy, healthy employee makes our company better. A lot of that has been lost now. It's all, again, so short-sighted. It's bottom line and fuck everybody below us. And um, and the result is, you know, again, just unhappy people, people leaving jobs, moving around, losing jobs. And this is just a prime example of it, the short-sightedness. Oh, let's do the, this to these people with AI. Mm-hmm. It cuts them out of work. Everybody's unhappy. It means less audience because less people can make enough money to come and actually see our projects. Like, it's it's bizarre. Well, and that's why all these governments around the around the country, all these governments around the world are meeting and there's all these Senate hearings and in the UK and Canada, because it's going to the tipping point isn't in the future. The tipping point is now. Right. And it's tipping. We're watching it tip. This is what the tipping point is doing. Um, yes. All right. We've got Tony Clement in a bit. Dan Duran's going to come back with the news. Dan Duran, don't go away yet because uh, I saw something. What the hell is this? Oh, this is from our childhood. Forget about your Oh, yeah, this is from the Jungle Book. I mean, the bare necessities. Do you remember this? Now, why am I playing the Jungle Book music, you might ask? Interesting question. 
I came across some video the other day and I went, I got to show the boys. <laughs> uh, up until the time I saw this video, I had no idea how this species of animal interacted with one another. I'm referring, of course, to the giraffe. So, you know, any animals when they're in the wild, when they are competing for female attention, have different rituals. You know, we've all seen these documentaries or shows where they show like different species of birds and they they puff up their chest or they they Mm -hmm. make their plume look beautiful or whatever, you know, to try and um, attract a a woman, a a woman animal, (laughs) you know, a female of the species. Are you with me, Dan? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you wonder. So if two giraffes are hanging out and they want to attract a, a female giraffe. And they get into a bit of a, you know, a shit, you know, like kind of pushing each other, whatever, like in a bar, like what guys do. Giraffe fight. Giraffe fight. <laughs> what, what would you imagine giraffes use in a fight? Well, friends, let me share my screen again. You're going to fucking love this shit. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Can you see this? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let me just refresh it. Okay. And then I'm, we're going to play it. Oh, wow. They just slap each other with their fucking heads. Wow. Yeah. Two little stubby horns on top. They're hitting each other. Boom. Boom. So that... So that's not a fight. That's uh, cozying up for screwing. No, that's two males trying to attract females. Oh, I see. Okay. So they fight it out. Well, they're not really doing anything. I mean, it looks violent. They don't seem to be any worse for the way. No, I know. But it's like fucking... Like, okay, I know know God made all the animals in his perfect image or whatever, but... Like, I would have thought before this, if you said, hey, how do giraffes fight? I would have said, well, you know, kicking, you know, kicking, I Mm. guess, you know, with their feet, their hooves. (laughs) But these fuckers, boom! Ow! And... (laughs) <laughs> got to be thinking to himself, well, this is, this is all we got. All we got is our big, long necks and head. You know what I've learned um, over the past uh, few weeks? Because somehow I got onto watching these uh, animals fighting animals things. And mm. like lions attacking um, elk or uh, buffalo or whatever and that style of animal. The real king of the jungle... I mean, if you want to call it the jungle, is the hippopotamus. Oh, yeah. He'll lions won't even fuck with hippopotamus. Like, it's amazing. There's, like, lions attacking some, like, a deer or something in the water, and a hippopotamus will have no part of it. He'll just come over and stomp on the lion. It's amazing. And they don't like those hippopotamuses. Yeah. But they, you might call them the king of the jungle, not the lion. Yeah. They just had bad publicity because they look so weird. <laughs> That's right. But anyway, I, I don't know why that amused me so much. I've watched it. Oh, it's does great. It. <laughs> it's fucking, I just thought, isn't, isn't, the, isn't nature great? It's like, mm-hmm. well, I guess we're going to fight it out. What do you got? I just got this fucking long head. <laughs> and if the fight mm-hmm. goes too long, they knock each other out. Do they really? No, I'm just saying. I'm oh, sure they get there. They certainly leave there going, I don't know. Was that worth it for you? Because my fucking head is killing me. You know what's wild about... Um, you know, the jungle and animals fighting each other and killing each other for food sources. And is when we see it on film, we feel really sorry for the animal being killed. Mm-hmm. 
But that's just the circle of life, right? Oh, is Because it? the animal that was killed probably kills some other animal so they can live. Yes. So, but seeing it on film, we actually, our heart goes out to this poor animal that's being literally, in some cases, eaten my life, alive. being eaten, eaten alive. alive. That's the only part about alive. it. Alive. Alive. I know. I'm just, I, yeah. I find that fascinating, too. Like, mm. yes, the... Uh, the lions they track down and whatever mm-hmm. the fuck they eat gazelles and shit mm-hmm. and then they all jump on it and the gazelle knows it's over right but it's not right. instant like it's still alive and kicking around while some of the animals uh, the lions are eating its stomach and its legs Howard I saw one last week I think it was an antelope he's actually looking back watching them yeah eat his eat guts eat a big hole in his stomach before he died <laughs> yeah it, like that takes a while if you're being yes. eaten by a pride of uh, lions. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Dan? <laughs> Do you have any thoughts about this? <laughs> now, now I want to look up uh, all the uh, giraffe mating behaviors. Yes. Like, how do they actually... Well, know? I'll tell you what, man. When a fucking giraffe mounts you, you know you've been mounted. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, all right, Dan Duran's news coming They're back. They're like you, Dan. They use something very long to mate. Mm, that's right. <laughs> yeah. When the when the when the when the um, species known as the Dan fights over a woman, they just sword fight like bang. <laughs> uh, all right, dude. Uh, we'll see you in a little bit. Uh, we got to yep. get ready for Tony Clement. And uh, in the meantime. Yeah, the Chambers of Commerce Group. Yes, thank you. Plan. Yes, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Go to chamberplan.ca today. You can get a free quote. Find out how your small company can be part of this. And again, we talk about the products, right? You know, basic health plans, yeah, you know, dental and uh, prescriptions and uh, some therapies, uh, usually part of the deal. But it goes so far beyond that with the chamber plan. I keep using the word progressive. It is. They're always looking for ways to make this plan better uh, for subscribers and subscribers being small businesses. Small businesses that thought at one point there's no way they could be part of a benefits package. Well, you can. And again, a real a real uh, look towards um, mental health uh, on the uh, heels of the pandemic. Still a lot of people struggling uh, because of what happened to them financially or uh, socially. So check it out. Chamberplan.ca. Get a free quote today. I mentioned yesterday to you golfers that you might want to check out StretchLab.com. StretchLab Toronto. Check that out. Let me uh, just uh, do this first and let... Tony know that we're going to stand by. It's not just for golfers. It's for a lot of people that want to, you know, feel a little bit better. If you've never had an assisted stretch, it really is something from a registered flexologist. That's what they call them. It really does make a difference. Stretching helps you alleviate muscle tension. Get older, you get a lot of, uh, you know, tight hamstrings, tight hips. A lot of that contributes to your lower back pain, to your sciatic issues. Yes, I'm talking to you, people. Uh, Reduce muscle and joint pain. Get it stretched out. It aids in injury and pain prevention. And a nice benefit is it reduces stress. Reduces stress. Benefiting both your physical well-being and your mental health as it allows the blood and oxygen to flow better, improving mental clarity. And as I've mentioned several times, after a 50-minute stretch, you will just feel better. 
you will feel lighter. So check it out for $59. You get a 50-minute stretch and an assessment. All the information's there for your delight at stretchlab.com. I have a little uh, surprise for uh, Tony Clement. Oh, do you? Yeah, hang on a second. I'm just going to do it here. I was just sticking around this morning doing something, and I saw that for some reason I have this here. <laughs> okay. That's his uh, the logo from his podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah. So then he'll be surprised when he sees it. Oh, very nice. And he'll be like, what? What are you doing, man? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, yeah, put your thing in the background. <laughs> what do you think of that, Tony? I, I'm, I'm, I have no words. <laughs> I, you know, I, don't know, I don't know why I have your logo from an Another Thing podcast uh, somewhere saved on my, my virtual backgrounds. But when I saw it this morning, I'm like, well, I'm putting that to good use. I'm, I, I, I thank you. I, I wish we had a way to thank you more fulsomely. Oh, no, no. Listen, it was just, uh, I was just being silly. Now, now let me get rid of it. Uh, welcome back to our program. The man who was the uh, assistant to the regional director of this country and who's been in rooms that you can't even imagine. He's been in, this man's been in rooms you don't even know exist. That's how cool he is. And uh, it's always a pleasure catching up with... Uh, our number one political, uh, not only correspondent, but advisor, the right honorable, his honorable, Tony Clement. Just honorable, not right honorable, but thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Tony, maybe out of the gate, we should ask you, being involved in the political world, still on some level, um, uh, AI discussions uh, regarding AI and how uh, political candidates might be affected by it through having statements released that uh, maybe they didn't say right. or they they are not responsible for what's the yeah, deal I, have you had those talks well i think that they're they're definitely happening because uh, i mean the idea of a deep fake uh, has been around for a few years now that, mm-hmm. that is to say some kind of technology that puts a person in a place where they weren't or saying things that they hadn't said i remember mm-hmm. Uh, some exa- early examples of President Obama, for instance, uh, saying things that he never said, etc. Et and AI sort of torques it to a new level because of the amount of sophistication that is involved in AI. Um, so I, I believe that uh, this is something that parliamentarians are concerned about. And I believe also, if I'm not mistaken, Elections Canada mm-hmm. is is considering as well. And how do you sort of guarantee the veracity of something coming from someone, uh, you know, that it could affect a, a political campaign, could affect a general election? This This is serious stuff. Well, I, I, we were talking just, well, I'm not sure if you've seen the AI Humble and Fred show yet, but you will. If you go to our Facebook page, once your interview is done, it's really something. One of our uh, longtime contributors and friends uh, put this together and, and it's, well, it's, it's disturbing, but um, it does bring up the, uh, the dis- like, there's so many tentacles to this, if you, if you will. There's so much how it could affect the writer's strike, SAG, all this stuff. <clears throat> but there's how, you've told us before, there's meetings going on and have been for a while to sort of, as Fred said, choke this off, to, to make some regulations around it. Right. 
Right. And uh, here's the here's the tension on that. So um, I think that there is a push in U.S. Congress, for instance, uh, and in Canada to have a regulation. There's no point having a Canadian regulation or mm-hmm. a U.S. There should be international regulations. So that, I think, is logical, but of course, is more difficult to accomplish. The uh, the big issue, I think, would be uh, just differing attitudes to how to regulate. So uh, usually on technology now, the the best regulator in the world is actually the European Union. They 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 seem to be the most advanced and most progressive on tech technology regulation, um, and but which is fine for Europe, and they can set a standard. But th- does that does that mean that China signs on, onto that, or and the U.S. signs onto that? That's that's the big issue. The U.S. tends to defer uh, uh, to give more power to the tech giants to sort this out rather than have congressional regulation or laws and uh, china of course has its own agenda and would not necessarily sign on so the 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 issue is who regulates and how but it's also if you overregulate which is also a concern if you overregulate and china doesn't regulate mm-hmm. then they may have a leg up in the technology that we won't have which which could be dangerous as well let me just jump back and jump in quickly, though, because this thing I listened to yesterday, Fred, you should listen to it because that's what Tony, what they talked about was it's like China and the U.S. are involved in almost a space race kind of competition. And one of the reasons they don't want regulation is because they're seeing who can get most out of this, who can be first to the whatever and who can then own the most the biggest chunk of this technology. Right. You know, and you got to look at this on two levels, like. Okay, SAG or, you know, the actors and the writers, I mean, they could actually in their contract say no AI. Okay, case closed. But Rich Tunes or Rich Murray, our buddy who did this AI thing for us, he has displayed what can be done from your own home in an hour. How do you ever, ever stop that? Yeah. You know, uh, I could I could I not know. like Pierre Pouliev. I could like not like Justin Trudeau, and in my basement tonight, in a short period of time, distribute something that's completely wrong. How do you stop that? It's it's already there. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Alan Cross. I don't know. I'm sure you keep uh, in, in touch with Alan, but uh, mm-hmm. he had a he had a thing yesterday where somebody had created an AI generated Johnny Cash song about Barbie. Yeah, we I played mean, it. I, 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 I don't know what played it. Yeah, I played it. It was great. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's there. It's happening now. We all think, yeah. And and again, when you, when you have a chance to see the AI humble and Fred show, you'll love it. It's very cute and everything and, and harmless. But, but that, well, as we've all been saying in different ways now, it's when, you know, let me just pause for a second. Those people in the Americas, they're already being sucked in by false, you know, uh, it's all just fake news, right? It started with that. There's so much down there that people now no longer believe. You know, we've all seen those funny interviews with the stupid, you know, Southerners who believe that Joe Biden isn't, you know, all that stuff. So imagine what they're going to be able to, what they're going to be able to get those people to buy in on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. So uh, we're in the post-truth world, as they say, right? And what what frightens me, and again, you know, we're, I'm not, well, at my age, there's only a short period of time to go in the big picture. Just going forward over the next few decades, again, my children and their children, what 
what kind of a world is this going to be where nothing you look at or read, you don't know if you're going to be able to believe it? Tony, just turn your, t- Tony, just do me a favor. Just turn your mic down about 5% because I'm trying to, it's hard balancing it between okay. Freddie and you. Is that better? It's still a little bit booming boom. Like it's, you sound great, man. It sounds like you're doing an FM morning show, but. Uh, okay. Okay. Check, check. Yeah, perfect. And, okay, the, you know, that might sound a bit hysterical and over the top, but it's just true. Like, how do you know? So, and on the other side, uh, I saw a report that they're working on utilizing AI to, um, to assist in uh, detection of cancer. Mm. Uh, you yep. know, and early treatment would obviously be more efficacious. So, so... The, <laughs> It's like anything with technology, man. It's uh, there's always two sides to every coin. And, and I was reminded listening. I was there's a New York Times podcast I, I was listening to yesterday about this. And you know there there is there's always the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Also the hysteria, you know, you just referred to in 2005 and six when Facebook became a thing. A lot of these discussions were happening around the prolifer- proliferation of people's information. Mm-hmm. And as they pointed out in the podcast, well, we've all kind of gotten used to it. You know, we've had but 15, we, we 18. Our, yeah, we all make our deal with the devil when it comes to technology, right? You know, right. The, and the, some the, of us the, opt in, opt out. Yeah. You know, you can at some point it seemed like we all had to be on Facebook, but that's not true. Yeah. It seemed that, you know, Instagram just introduced threads. Don't have to be part of that. But the problem with AI is it's ubiquitous nature in that it can be in our lives, like those mayoral candidate ads, that if you're not paying attention, you can be you're going to be duped by it. Right. And that's it. It's not as if you can make a conscious decision one way or the other. It's right. It's, it's there. And uh, you could be manipulated without even knowing about it. So, okay, say, you know, you're still involved. You're still assistant prime minister or whatever the position was you held. <laughs> say, say you're in that position now. What would you do? Like, what, what would your first move be? Or is there, is there one clear-cut first move? How do you even initiate a defense to this? Yeah, I think you should be having conversations with the Canada's security apparatus, which in turn is having conversations with uh, our allies to see what the national security threats are. I think that's mm-hmm. the first thing you got to be doing. Uh, we've already had this uh, Chinese Communist Party election interference fiasco, in my view. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, we got to get a step ahead rather than always reacting, right? So I think there's got to be some coordination amongst allies on the national security aspects of it. Then, uh, you know, work with Elections Canada uh, to uh, to see what the impact could be uh, in the next general election, which could be a year from now, could be two years from now. Nobody really knows, but it's it's coming up. Uh, we're every day. We're one day closer to the next election. So uh, these are the things that should be happening right now. And uh, you can have parliamentary committees look into it to have hearings, have have experts at the table looking at it. Um, but uh, I think behind the scenes, that's the kind of thing I would expect to be happening. Mm-hmm. Before we get to our uh, monthly uh, Pierre Polyev update, you know, when I when I think about what you just said about, you know, what you would do and you would have some discussions and there'd be meetings and there'd be committees and then more meetings and then reports and things. When you're in the government, do you just at some some days just like, man, I can't do another meeting. I'm just so 
I can't do another committee report. I, he and I, we just, here's the thing. This is about as much as we can handle. I was at his house yesterday afternoon, just hanging out. You know, we're both talking about how, like, we have about three, three, four hours of energy a day. If he, if yesterday yeah. afternoon he and I were still like, oh, well, we got to go to a budget committee meeting, <laughs> we'd quit. There, there's a lot of beatings. When I was doing... Um we had a deficit reduction action plan group that uh, that I was. Oh, that sounds like fun. Drap, as we called it, and it became a verb in Ottawa. I've, I've been drapped today, hmm. but we, we'd, we'd have meetings that would go to midnight, one a.m. You know, uh, d- days in a row. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's but a what lot if you want to like? A wait a second. If you're in a meeting at nine thirty at night with some committee about something, and you're looking at your watch, like I'm not going to get a chance to watch an episode of Quarterback tonight. It's uh, that's it. And you don't have your your uh, any of these meetings. Your your phones are out. Your mobile devices they're all outside for security reasons. So you can't you can't even you can't even doom scroll at a, at a spare moment. Or wow. Well, Howard, we can relate to that on some level because i remember when i was a program director where in peterborough <laughs> how often it was like meeting and what a meeting another meeting why don't we even need a meeting for this i'll just i'll make the call now oh, no, we, we must have a meeting and i remember sitting in that room sometimes again you talk about daydreaming and losing concentration on what's being said and didn't you go through that with that theater thing where you'd have oh many times meetings? And it was like, wow, I don't know how much is being accomplished here. This is counterproductive. Tony, you, this is why Fred and I couldn't be in government. I'm on the board. I was the president of the board of this condo association I'm in. And now I'm just on the board. And here's how I start literally every meeting. I start by going, I'm resigning as president. <laughs> and at the end of every meeting, I say, well, guys, this has been great. My last meeting, I was wish you all well. Um, what about PP? What's he? How's the summer of PP? What's he doing? Uh, he's uh, getting out and about. He's in Ontario, I think, today, and uh, I think for the rest of the week. He was at the Calgary Stampede. You probably well, heard about that. Of course he was. What uh, was he doing there? <laughs> he was well, yeah, I would pancakes. like to address that. What yeah, happened? Sure. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I've been out of the country. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Totally. Go, no, no. So that's what he's doing. He's he's meeting people. But what happened at the stampede? Okay, go here's ahead. the thing. He has this picture taken with a couple of people. They were wearing T-shirts that said, "What was it?" Um, might be construed as straight pride. Straight pride was one, and the other one was uh, "Leave our kids alone." I think. Mm. Right. Yeah, the "Leave our kids alone" one I don't have a big problem with. But anyway. Um, the other one but i'm thinking soon as i see those pictures i'm thinking was that is that a real picture did somebody on the liberal side or that doesn't like this guy get this picture put those t-shirts on you yeah. know of, of those people posing with him maybe not probably not maybe it can be proven that it's not but right. the first thing that came to my mind was and i'm not a big fan of the guy and i don't care one way or the other i'm thinking my immediate reaction is is this real yeah and how yeah. sad is that well there's a number of ways that it could have been set up that's one way i don't think it mm-hmm. was that way but uh okay uh, i i you know D- daniel smith was caught in this too the premier of alberta was caught in this too the, the same t-shirted people uh, and she mm-hmm. she said it right she said you know i'm not 
I'm not a billboard for your T-shirt, right? Like mm-hmm. th- this has got it. This is getting stupid. Where people with have messages that they want to convey use a, a, a politician and a and a photo op, which is like, I this is like two seconds long, guys. Like mm-hmm. the, 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 the and then the next person comes in, and then the next person comes in, and and Pierre has to sometimes stand for ninety minutes, two hours at a time. No, with, no good. People wouldn't who, do you it. Know, people are lined up to have a picture taken with the guy. Yeah. So. Um, is this the state of our politics now? <laughs> well, this is what we're worried about. I was going to say about you, Freddie, I'm not surprised that you would think that, but it's not just because of AI and, and the fake news of the last 10. You've always been, I'm not saying this as a shot, right. but you've always been a bit more of a devil's advocate, uh, cynic when it comes to this stuff. I don't like Poliev. I put that T-shirt on and I make sure I have a picture taken with him. Yeah, well, I mean, the, that's, a, that's the, the, why the, you can't take that stuff with the, the guy. Song. The guy was interviewed later, uh, who had the straight. I think it was the straight pride guy, and he said, "I'm not voting for Poliev. I don't like the guy. He's he's too liberal for me." Okay, right. Um, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do there? Yeah, the, yeah. By the way, I just I just weird. I, I was driving uh, over to Fred's place yesterday from a golf course, if you can imagine. I was out in the country. And I drove by somebody's place, a farm, sort of, not a big farm, but a guy who was living on this acreage. And his whole thing was Canadian flags mm-hmm. and uh, uh, they lied.ca. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you just know it's like anti-vax house. Um, but because my point is everyone has an agenda. But have, have you been, a, when you were a politician, did you have to do the stampede? Yeah, I loved. I've been to the Stampede probably half a dozen. I yeah. love the Stampede because I was a morning guy in Calgary, and the Stampede really is one of those uh, uniquely Canadian things. A lot of Canadians should check it out. I used to say it was like an excuse to drink vodka at eight o'clock in the morning because everyone's having vodka and orange juice, and then you're having these pancakes, and you're just basically drunk from morning till night. And I was going to say, as a politician, see, as a morning guy, it didn't matter. I could go to bed at eleven, but as a politician, you're sort of. You have to eat all that stuff, and you have to maybe have a drink when you don't want to. And well, isn't the, isn't the saying you drink triple, you see double, and you act single? <laughs> I, I did not know that. Hey, that's a good one. That is a Tony, good one. Have you ever been a drinker? Ever? Never. No, I've never touched alcohol in my life. Well, there you go. You see, good for you. Like how? When you were a teenager, and all your buds were like. Uh, I was the designated driver, Freddie. I was I was a popular guy. Now, did you do it? Was it religious reasons or no. just or cultural? Like your or, no, uh, okay. no. Uh, just um, I probably had a little bit of alcohol consumption in my family that I didn't like to see. So ah, I, I, oh, I interesting. Turn, turn the other way. I get it. Right. Um, what about pancakes? You have to eat pancakes at the stampede. Yeah, and the maple syrup. Oh my oh, gosh, yeah, man. pancake! It's it, listen. It's uh, what? What do they say? The greatest outdoor show on it earth. Is. And uh, by the way, one of my people I'm working with is the Charlie Crockett Band. If I can do a shout out to the Charlie Crockett Band from Waco, Texas. Nice. And we we got him up here in Canada. His his band. He performed in Toronto, but he also performed at the Calgary Stampede. So watch that name, Charlie Crockett Band. They're going to be great. Charlie Crocker, right here. What, what's what's a Charlie Crock? As we say uh, so long to you, what's a Charlie Crockett tune that we should uh, be aware of? I've got "I Am Not Afraid," "Welcome to Hard Times," "Silver Dagger," "Jamestown Ferry," "The Man from Waco." They're all good. "I Am Not Afraid," I think, is one of my favorites. Oh, okay, yeah. well, hang on a second, because you're as not only people should know that you're a smart, smart guy, but you're also a musician. Oh yeah, Charlie Crockett. I've seen this guy around. 
I've seen this before on my Spotify, actually. He, he played uh, Willie Nelson's 90th birthday party. It's good. I like this guy. Well, listen, man, uh, we're just one day closer to getting Pierre Polyev on this show. I can okay. Exactly. You, you know, we don't need to make it's just a tiny bit of progress. Whatever you do, don't show him the humble and afraid AI because it's scary. Okay. Fair enough. It's great to talk to you guys. You're doing a great job. I, I, I know you're enjoying the summer too. So, uh, Tony Clement. To see you guys healthy and happy. As my people say, you're a menchy guy, Tony. You're a menchy, menchy guy. Likewise, Tone. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. Take care. I'm going to send a Sherpa a note. Do you have anything left, or are you all done? Why don't you do that? Um, by the way, um, this is a country flavor. There's a guy named Jason L. Doan, apparently. Some yeah, Jason, yeah, he's big. Well, he's come up with this pro-gun song. And then I was reading the words this morning because the shit sort of hit the fan over it. It's a little scary. It almost it reeks of lynching. Okay, like, um, what's it called? And, um, Jason Aldean? Yeah, I don't. The, the actual name of the song I'd have to look up for you, but I was just. Dean Gun. Anyway, it's basically if you don't like our laws, get the hell out of town type thing, and we can take, you know, matters into our own hands. Okay, while well, you do Architect, I'll find the. Uh, okay. Jason Aldean uh, Gun Song. Just Gun Song? I guess. Here. Uh, oh, music video about guns. Jason sees back last. Like, go ahead and do your thing. That one. Okay. All right. Right on. Uh, just give me. Oh, it's called Try That in a Small Town. Okay. Hang that's on. right. Try That in a Small Town. That's it. Right. Hey, Architect, a full service turnkey building partner for their clients. That's what it's all about. Uh, they help create the design right down to the exacting level of detail you're involved, right along, uh, right from the beginning to the end. Uh, Architect makes sure it gets built to your exact specifications. Very important. Hey, it's your backyard. You're going to be entertaining guests. You want to be proud of the finished product. You want it done right. This makes it simpler for clients. They source the materials. Architect will make sure it meets building code requirements. can be tedious, you know, to have to do that yourself. They uh, prepare the construction plans, apply for permits, and uh, they manage the job site. Working with Architect ensures that you get what you want and that it's done right. Give them a call, 647-775-9222, or go to architect.com. Yeah, Jason Aldean. It's called Try That in a Small Town. Suck punch somebody on the sidewalk. Car jacket and lady at a red light. Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool, act a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face. You know, cuss out in a cop is such an often used phrase nowadays. I hate this song. No, I Try that in a small town. You know, let's discuss this another time because this shirt is standing by and I well, not all, yeah, I have I no don't interest even, in he's it. He's just a fucking moron, actually. But anyway. But you know what? He's singing to the crowd that loves that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're not going to not love it. You know why? Because they use words like cuss out a cop. Mm-hmm. Stupid idiots. 
Um, Larry D. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's true. <laughs> no, I know. I know. You stupid idiots. The stupid idiots. Why are they so stupid? Uh, I'll tell you what's not stupid. No. This dude. Look at this man. Ladies and gentlemen, for the past number of years, we've been uh, lucky enough to have the counsel, the sagacious uh, wisdom that is the retirement Sherpa, Tim, dot niblet at RaymondJames.ca. And you know what? Here he is now. Hello, brother. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you guys. Isn't it? <clears throat> it is. It's a pleasure to start my day off this way. I only wish I could do it every darn day. Now, listen, man. For the right price, you could. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. Uh, they're, they're, believe me, there's a number. You just pop in every day if you like. <laughs> okay, I'm not that interested, really. <laughs> that's right. It's not quite that interesting. Um, so let's, uh, we are continuing. We were talking about uh, alternative investments. And last week, Tim made a very uh, special appearance on our email show because we had some internet issues with his uh, Zoom last week. But here he is again on the main program. Maybe just bring uh, us up to date on alternative investments and then we can move on to this new subject. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, go a little more in depth, talk about a few specific uh, choices. I mean, arguably alternatives can be any a thousand different things for sure but uh the, the main ones we use for clients uh again really all all i'm doing is emulating what pension funds like uh the canada pension plan very highly rated uh plan does uh endowment funds like the yale endowment fund appreciably better returns on the u.s market and the u.s market's been good uh you know what we're trying to do here for people is to to lower the volatility uh, i mean 31 years of this gig nobody says I'd really like my portfolio to go up and down as much as humanly possible, mm-hmm. right? That's uh, never never been on the goal sheet for the client profile uh, before. So you're wanting to lower volatility. You're still wanting to get good growth. You're wanting to increase the growth. And uh, as mentioned briefly last week, improve what's called a sharp ratio. A sharp guy called Sharp came up with it, and it's, it's a measurement of how much reward you're getting for the risk you're taking so like a gic would be an example interest rates are touch higher right now uh they're not considered an alternative investment but as far as this risk reward you're not getting much reward on average but then you're not really taking classic risk you're you're taking it being locked up risk you're taking Mm -hmm. low growth risk um, but you're not taking volatility risk and and far too often people mistake volatility as is actual risk, which mm-hmm. can also be opportunity. Yeah, um, you have here. Is it REITs? R E I T S in capitals. What is that? Yeah, so that's a real estate investment trust. Okay, you can uh, buy those, invest in those a, a number of different ways. Uh, one we use has over uh, six billion uh, with mm-hmm. B in in assets under uh, under management. Uh, it's got over 20,000 uh, multifamily apartment units, medical offices, student. So you, you're in the real estate game, but not in individual residents like we own already, of course. Right. Uh, there's been a lot of talk with the uh, COVID. Shoot, I should know that word by now. Uh, <laughs> COVID 
days of like office properties having challenges, but they don't invest in those at all. Of course, it's a big world, the real estate world. So they're all across Canada, a few places in the States. But the key is you make a really good return but you don't have to go find tenants, and you don't have to find mm. properties, and you don't have to. You don't have to go fix the refrigerator. Do. Yeah, I'm done. right. You don't you have, have to, to even. Flood. You don't have to be around people. <laughs> um, but it's and it's funny because until quite recently, I hadn't really understood that that there was a way to invest in real estate as a, you know, as a as an investment versus having to get involved in the actual thing. But it's been around for quite some time, has it not? Yeah, I mean, none of these are new, right? They've been used for decades, and uh, classically in our product cycle, things will be uh, used by the wealthy first, right? Because of the accessibility to them, or the capital, or or the uh, ability to get great people on their side, and and then it comes down to us normal folk uh, eventually. Okay. Well, this is just another example of why you need a guy, and in particular, this guy. Because, again, you know, a lot of people want to invest their money. They have no idea about, you know, the the width of options that are available. Listen, oh, I've, I've had the... Uh... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah, there are so many of them, right? I mean, I've been at this for a little bit of time and have a lot of resources. It's so hard for me to keep on top of everything, right? There's... Mm-hmm. There's so much out there, but in a perfect world, what, what you want to do is have things that are going to grow over the time frame that the client needs it to, right? The, that we need our, our money to grow for us, uh, but with as many things that have different rhythms and don't do the same uh, thing at the the same time. What I was going to say is I've had the benefit of Tim having to sit down and explain some real estate things to me, and it's quite funny. We should tape those when you, when you, when you have to go over, okay, so this is what you'll get. And I'm like, what? Um, have you have any uh, thoughts about the Open Championship, or as we used to call it when we were kids, the British Open? Uh, going to watch yes, some of I'm it? I'm old enough to remember when it was called the British Open. Yeah. Of course, I can't do anything but cheer for Rory, yeah. although he uh, breaks our... Uh, a heart quite a bit. I heard you guys mention uh, quarterback briefly today. Uh, I, I the Netflix one, series. But yeah. I, re- I really enjoyed it, the new Netflix one. Yeah. And so far, I, I can't tell you why, but I find it more interesting than the golf one, than the full swing. I uh, do too. One was. Yeah, me too. I, I don't think they did a great job on the full swing. I think they're going to have a better second season, but I, I can't leave it alone. I've watched now four or five episodes of this thing, and I keep talking about it every day, and I know some other people have heard us talking about it, but um, it's very compelling and uh, gives you a – for me, it was a real uh, – sort of a glimpse in, inside what, what, what the NFL really is like day to day and how much work those guys do. Oh, my gosh. I mean, well, nobody's paying you $30 million a year yeah. for nothing or whatever. But but back yeah, to the Open, it, um, it's, uh, the coverage is going to be literally in the middle of the night. And uh, I've got tournaments. i got a bunch of stuff going on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I won't get a chance to see all of it, but uh, I'm going to definitely watch. It's one of my favorite. It is probably one of my favorite golf tournaments to watch. Why, Fred? Because it's got so much volatility depending on where you are in the draw. And what that means is if you're one of the first groups out, say, early in the day versus the groups that come out in the afternoon, it's completely different conditions. And uh, no other golf tournament does the topography and the elements make such a huge impact on the scores. So, 
in the first round, if they tee off at 8 a.m. there, it's like 3 in the morning here. Yeah. Oh, wow. I tell you, some of the coverage starts on, uh, I guess, NBC's uh, streaming service is called Peacock. It's starting at 1.30 in the morning. you got to be quite the fan over yeah, here. Yeah, I'm not going to Take that in. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's like my BC days when NFL football would start at 10 in the morning, right, on a Sunday, mm-hmm. which was was great. Same thing last week with the Scottish Open, this week with the Open Championship. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's very cool to be drinking your coffee and watching live uh, live golf. Tim.nibble at RaymondJames.ca. That's how you get a hold of him. And uh, always a pleasure uh, having a coffee with you uh, first thing in the morning, my friend. Yes, and I'll consider your generous offer of uh, stepping it up to uh, Listen, the whole week there. I don't, there'd be no problem having it be Humble Fred, Dan, and uh, Timmy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, your podcast uh, rankings might plummet, though, so we can't do that uh, for you guys. Not at all. All right, pal. Pleasure as always. Enjoy the sunshine, all. <laughs> right on. See you, Tim. Thank you, Timmy. <laughs> I was waiting for him <laughs> to say... What? Said to Tim. He said something beyond the show more often. You said something, well, for a price. I was oh, going to yeah. say, yeah, you should see what we're charging Dan Duran. <laughs> oh, Daniel. Daniel! Where's Dan? I got to send a note to Dan because Dan, we could get him on a little early here. Look at this. Yeah, this Jason Aldean guy, apparently he was performing or he was right in the middle of the Las Vegas shooting, too. Yes. You know, talked about being traumatized by that. And now he comes out with this song, I guess, because the timing is right. I would imagine he's a a trumper. But well, well, why wouldn't he be? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Tomorrow. Well, actually, we're going to tape it today. So if you have gotten used to a longer version of the email show, because initially it was like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Last week was 45 because. You know, we had all kinds of time. So I'm just and like Sherpa it. was in it. Oh, and Sherpa, right. That's right. Yeah. So um, if you're wondering, tomorrow's uh, email show will be a tiny bit uh, shorter. Dan Duran is here. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes and has for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from another DIY project house... Here he is, movie and television anchorman, Daniel Durand. <laughs> you needed another consonant. There, I did. I was. I, I, I ran out of. I ran out of. Uh, yeah, I ran out. Daniel Durand. You, you can now pee without fear of goats in Alaska's Olympic National Park. Mm. Mountain goats were introduced into the park for hunting. Hunting fun in the 1920s. Yep. They were not native to the area, and the thing is that they were missing salt, and it wasn't readily available in the area. So as the population exploded to 800, these goats found salt in the pee of pissing hikers. Hmm? Hikers would piss. Then the goats would lick the pee because there was salt in the pee. You know, goats. They're goats. Anyway, they started to get more aggressive, uh... 
with, uh, you know, salt from sweat in people's clothing. And uh, actually, I think there was an incident where a, a goat got, uh, well, gored a hiker, killed a hiker looking for the salt. So some uh, culling was done. They uh, relocated the goats with uh, goat helicopters. That all worked out. So now you can uh, hike and pee in the park without worry of a goat grabbing your pecker. Well, yeah, you mean that's fantastic. <laughs> you would have you would be you would be in high demand when in the goat park. Goat demand. You would be in goat demand. You're the goat. You are the goat. You're the cock goat. <laughs> anyway, thought I'd bring that to you. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate what you're doing. Well, I was trying to think. There's a story from, because we're going to be gone now for a few more days. There was a story where a young woman, I think this is in Toronto. Uh, Oh, and that's, yeah, because it was on the National. Listen to this story. (laughs) My friend had actually made a joke right before I hit, being like, what are the odds that you get a hole-in-one? The odds are... So it's a woman who got not only one hole-in-one, Dan and Fred. Really, 67 million to one to get two. Are you kidding me so the first one was the second par three on the front nine of this course so i just walked up and i hit it and i guess he just had a feeling that i was gonna like something was gonna happen so this was in edmonton and that's how he got the first one on camera (laughs) so so she gets a hole in one and then later in that round gets another celebration hole in one kind of underwhelming but we were all just like in shock so they so filmed the second it one was yeah because he or her friend she had he, he was just sort of goofing around he's filming her as it's sort of a joke like what if you get a hole in one and she does like where's your ball and i'm like i think it's in the hole. Yeah, this whole story you know what i think about this whole story it makes me sick but yeah i guess it's probably the coolest thing i've done <laughs> casual golfers just golfing away just golfing away being themselves enjoying life i came close yesterday though I've come oh, close. A, yeah, I've come close a few times. Close, but who gives a shit, right? Close only counts in horseshoes and grenades. I love that. Was your was uh, your heart? <laughs> was your heart beating? No. Here's the problem. I have a problem now with my sight. I don't really need glasses for distance, except in golf. Now, this was a long par three. It was a hundred and ninety yard par three. And I, I knew I hit a good, made a good swing, hit a good shot, and it was going right at the flag. But I couldn't see. I, I just sort of could see it go toward the flag, but couldn't really see where it ended up. And I had to go get my rangefinder, which is basically binoculars, to look through. And from the tee box, you know, it looked like it was just past the flag by a couple feet. But when we got up there, you could see that the ball mark was just in front of the flag. It would have had to go right over it. To, to, to the path that it ended up anyway that's going to be my that's going to be what's going to happen to me I'm going to get a hole in one and I won't be able to see it well I I, I really wish that for you thank you hole buddy in one. I really do it's enough already <laughs> yeah it's, just, it's enough I, I I may be mistaken here but I think even our buddy Darren I think his sister had a hole in of course she did she never golfs mm. I think that's how the story goes I yeah. could be wrong but it was somebody's sister I think him and just stood at a par three and just wailed away and somehow the ball went in but that just shows you you know just luck of the draw like I think it's interesting too that people delight in sending me stories of other people now who have had many holes mm-hmm. in ones um, it's fine 
Other stuff, last show of the week, bullet points. That uh, Powerball last night, nobody won it. There was a... Um, the one, I, I believe it's the one you were talking about. Yeah, it was a couple nights ago, yeah. Yeah. So, um, the actual, no, the actual draw was last night, I believe. Okay. I'm reading. And nobody won it. So, again, it's a rollover thing. And, again, over a billion dollars now. And there's a sriracha. Do you like sriracha sauce? I do. There's a shortage. Oh, yeah. So I read that. Back, yeah. Yeah, everybody takes back. turns with a sh- with a shortage like it kills and you know those the ones everybody buys the big bottles with the green top i think it's called hufong or something apparently they're hard to get and the price has doubled and you know i often talk about my renee's blue cheese sometimes if i have that i'll squirt a little bit of that sriracha sauce in with it and mm-hmm. it up. no it's Try beautiful that. Just try that, okay? Here's a story. If you, can, if you can find it. If you can, yeah, here's a story that I sort of hinted at. A passenger took over the controls and crash landed a small plane at Martha's Vineyards Airport mm. after the pilot suffered a medical condition, an emergency, and they just slammed the plane into the ground. No, no landing gear. It was a pretty decent sized plane, like mm-hmm. not a little one, like a six seater, like a turbo prop or whatever, like just a little bit beyond, you know, the planes I used to fly. And Dan, I was going to ask you, well, both of you have flown with me. Mm-hmm. So we were up in the air. I, I took, I think, Dan, I took you in the twin. So that's a pretty complicated airplane. Mm-hmm. I always tell the story about Dan coming to fly with me for the first time wearing um, a flight suit, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the people at the airport thought it was cool because they're like, hey, is that movie anchor Dan Duran in a flight suit? <laughs> In a flight suit, yeah. But uh, but that first time we flew together was not in the twin engine. That was just in a small plane. And right. my and I were told the story of how my leg was um, shaking. I was trembling. I was so nervous. Right. right. No, just listen. Because he was the first person that I had ever taken in an airplane that couldn't fly the plane. Because I'd always flown with other pilots or my instructors or by myself. But in the times that you've been with me, the two of you, did any point think, well, okay, if he dies, could I drive this plane to the ground? No. I didn't well, think about it do? at all. You know what I do? I shit where I fly. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, well, I would shit That's and piss what I where I do. fly. Yeah. They would discover our bodies and be like, man, it smells like shit in here. <laughs> Fuck. They I don't know shit how honestly. I don't know if I've said this to you. I may have said it to Dan. I've said it around other people. I would never, ever get in a plane that size again. No, you have to have that. I just, I don't know what's happened to me over the years and why I did it, but I had a sort of a weird experience with a neighbor a few years ago I've told you about who had a small plane. And even with you and how wonderful a pilot you are and it was safe and an enjoyable thing, I I don't know, the past few years that the thought of getting that in that little tin thing and i'm not i can't do it so let's dan if i because i took if i had emergency of some kind do you feel okay okay not not that what you thought at the time do you feel now as a grown man that if if i had sort of passed out that you could take over the controls and somehow get that thing to the ground because both of us were going to die if you didn't 
Well, if both, I'd give it a shot. You would, yeah, of course. I, would. I mean, I, it would. I would, you know, take over with whatever knowledge I had. Yeah, and then try and get a hold of a control tower if that's even possible. Exactly. This, this guy, the, this guy, you know, like talking down like whatever the all the mm-hmm. big shows with all, all the jets and everything, the, the tragedy shows that that have that same scenario from airports. Yeah, well, to, I guess she did because she's the one. The woman was sixty-eight, so I guess it was her husband or companion. He he didn't wake back up. He was out. Right. So, so con- control tower helped him out. Absolutely helped her out. Absolutely. Right. Well, I guess that's the thing. You would I'd push you out of the way, and then it wouldn't have to be pushed out. Of the, no, you know, because you're sitting next to the person. There's no pushing out of the way. There's dual controls on both sides, okay. right? Oh, right. I forgot. So the thing is, I guess you would just grab the thing and you'd pull it back and forth and try and get a feel for it, and then hope that they could uh, walk you through it. Yeah, I mean, as long as this, here's the thing I would say to anyone this happens to, as long as the plane isn't damaged, it really is doable. Uh, the only thing that would get in your way is the rush of adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Which would come with the fear of dying. Because you're, yeah, it, it's very, yeah. it's very real. That, that, that shot of adrenaline would be hard to work through. Um, you know, the only, you the only thing there about, about that for me is I, I have done, in the early days of uh, flight simulators on computers. Yes. I did, did some of that trying. But I, I always got, like, I could fly the plane. Sure. If, you know, whatever. But the thing was, is, is lining up with the uh, the runway. And that, I could never do that in a simulator for whatever reason. I don't know why. I just could never figure out how to line it up. Is it that hard to do? It's not is hard. That what I, I, I found, I found, because I had flight simulator, you got me a, didn't you get me a control? Yeah, George, the, yeah control thing. The, the yoke. Yeah. I could never land an airplane on flight simulator. This is also it's just silly. I'd never landed a plane on flight simulator until I'd landed a plane in real life. And then I went back on the simulator and went, oh, now I get how this works. Because I didn't understand it. You know, um, those terrifying moments. I often, people who know a plane is going down. Yeah. Again, I was on a YouTube thing. Just those moments. You know, because it's sometimes brief, six, seven minutes between, you know, there's a problem and you're in the ocean or you're That's into a long the ground. Time. Or how horrifying that must be to know you're going to die. And then there's the other thing where people say, oh, he died instantly. It happened so fast. You know, he didn't suffer, didn't even know what hit him. But yeah. even I wonder what that's like, that moment. If I die suddenly or all of a sudden something hits me from the side and I didn't see it coming. That There must be a moment even there where... Yes. Alive, dead. Alive, dead. Well, you know it's I mean? like we talked about that woman on the Hawaiian flight who got sucked out of the fuselage. Yes. There were seconds that she was like, I'm not supposed to be in the sky. I mean, yeah. fuck. It's an, but I'm uh, even talking dying instantly. Well, that? don't you think dying instantly, though, is like, like a being unplugged? It's like you're yeah, just... I guess, yeah. Those people on a plane... For the last, mm. because, you know, they hear a noise, something happens, and the plane starts yeah. to move wildly. They know shit's gone mm-hmm. south for many mm-hmm. minutes. You know what that's mm-hmm. like? It's like that oh. fucking antelope being eaten by the lions. Yes. Yeah. I would rather, yeah. I don't know what I would do. Like, because, you know, I've talked over this, talked this over with other pilots about what do you think the pilots are doing? And universally, all pilots have their same response, which is mm-hmm. they'd be working the problem to the ground. You know, if you listen to any of those cockpit report recordings, very often they're trying to figure out the problem until it's, you know, it's, it's obvious they can't. But uh, the passengers, they're just, 
I don't know, Dan. I'd start punching myself in the face just so I could could end it. I would just try and kill myself before the fucking thing went into the ocean. You're fucking. Would you go into the crash crash position, or would you just fuck that? No. The 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 joke ever. You know, I used to. I just look around like, okay, this plane's going down. Who's going down with me? (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got more shit to do, so we gotta go. Okay. All right, Dan. Thanks, everyone. See you on uh, Monday. Right on. Mm, second on. Okay. You uh, don't feel like doing the extra, or? Uh, yeah, I was just looking for the extra. I didn't realize. Oh, okay. You didn't realize the show was going to end at some point? Hey, by the way, a special okay. thanks. A special, special, special thanks and shout out to uh, Rich Murray. And his lovely family and Rich putting in uh, some time creating the very first, probably not the last, AI, Humble and Fred. And now, with plenty of notice, here's Dan <laughs> This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all of our emails. We've got that email show coming up tomorrow with Palma Pasta Prize at stake. You could win it. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Liking, subscribing, that helps us out. We love it when you do it. So uh, write a review, say something, give us hearts and stars, that kind of thing. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. Enjoy every goddamn day. A place we saw the lights turn low. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that? Oh.